1: We're nonprofit professionals, philanthropists, world changers, and rabid fans who are striving to bring a little more goodness into the world.
0: So let's get started. Hey guys, what's happening?
2: I love it when the trifecta is on the podcast. Hi, Julie. Hi. I feel like we just recorded one of these. I'm kind of freaking out that we're doing another one.
0: <laughs> I'm over here wishing we had an alternate theme song where Julie was part of it. Because oh, <laughs> not every day we get to have Julie Confer, the incomparable Julie for our head of media, the producer of the podcast. The unicorn. Our co-founder really of We Are For Good in so many ways up at the table. And so Julie, thanks for coming in today. We're really excited to do a best of season six celebration.
2: Thanks for having me. I'm excited. And we got through a
1: lot this year, guys. It's been a lot. It's not even (laughs) been a year. This is a half year's worth of content. And I look back... At the guests that we've had on. We had an insane number of theme weeks, which is probably adding to our fatigue right now. (laughs) But if you're tuning in right now, like this is, it reminds me of The Bachelor after the rose. You're coming for the gold of what's already happened. (laughs) We're gonna distill it down, Cliff Notes nature for you. And we're just really excited to bring you what we believe are the best habits the best insights, and the best innovations of 2022, because we want that to launch you into a new year with confidence and with hope. Oh
0: my gosh. I love that tone set. But every time you mention The Bachelor, I'm like, please don't be the person driving home in the limo crying at the end of this, you know? (laughs) So we hope this brings joy as you kind of reflect with us on this season. As I look at this, there was 75 episodes this season. That's a lot of content. That's a lot of talking. Julie pulled this fun stat the other day. So like zooming out since we are for good podcast started in 2020, we've recorded six years of weekly content if we were a weekly podcast. (laughs) So if you feel behind friends, I hope that today's episode is going to be like a playlist. Like we're going to lift some things. What piques your interest to go back and catch up on over the holidays and um, hopefully that'll be the tone set of this conversation.
1: And we did a lot of series. And if you're new to the podcast, you know, sometimes we do a hyper focus in a week, really honing in on a particular subject. And we did five of them. Enneagram for Nonprofit Series, which was massively popular, shocked me. Thank you all. This Enneagram too is so happy that you guys all came in for that. We did the Habits of an Impactful Fundraiser Series. We had our Mental Health Week that is always hitting during World Mental Health Day in October. We did community week in November and lifting the voices and the people who are powering this amazing movement. And we wrapped it all up with Good Humans Week. If you have not listened to Good Humans Week, please come back and meet these three incredible individuals who are changing the world in a small and precipitable way in their part of the community. It's extraordinary.
2: And one of my favorite highlights that we hit was during Community Week. We officially hit a thousand friends inside of the We Are For Good community. So that was just really serendipitous for us because that's our favorite place to hang out. That's where everyone is um, interacting with each other, getting help on where they're stuck, and it's just one of our favorite places to hang out. And tying with that, we finally got to be back in person with people this past oh, year. So good after to what see people, I know it felt like forever, and so we were just. Super honored. We were able to make it to Phoenix with Virtuous, Denver with our Stand Together Foundation friends. John and Becky got to go to LA and see a lot of community members out there. We went to Albuquerque with the Association of Donor Relations Professionals, and I got to watch these two give their first keynote. It's the coolest moment ever. I was like their stage oh mom, taking gosh. photos on the side <laughs> with my boot. Do we even
1: talk about oh, the fact yeah. the that? That I boot. broke my toe this? like two days, like a day and a it's half like before hours we left. Before
0: leaving, right? I know.
1: Whatever.
2: I was like, <laughs> throw a four inch heel on the other side; it'll even out. <laughs> Honestly, you got a lot of compliments too of how you were working the stage in that boot and one heel.
0: <laughs> but let's be honest too: we showed up without all the tools to be able to stand up our neon sign. If you know the We Are For Good neon, it's kind of like got its own. It needs <laughs> its on like Instagram or something. Yep. But We get there and Julie and Abby have to hop into like an Uber to get cinder blocks to basically make this thing.
2: <laughs> and a table.
0: And are hauling yeah, them <laughs> across town. So such good times.
2: Thank you Lowe's of Albuquerque for that one. Um, <laughs> and then we got to round it out. Um, John and Becky got to come visit me in New York City and um, they got to speak at Salesforce just this past week. So it's just been so fun to be able to gather community members in real life in all of those locations. And it's people that we're hugging and acting like we have known them for 20 years and we're meeting them for the first time actually in Mm -hmm. person. So I think that was just a big highlight for us. And we want more in-person events uh, to come in the new year. So be looking for that.
0: Getting to hang with community like in real life is definitely like the highlight of the year for us. But we also just have this incredible community that's growing and it's powered by also some incredible partners. And we got to give some shout out to the partners that have just believed in the work, believed in this community that is building. And so I'm just going to run through here. It is crazy to reflect back on, but Neon One and Virtuous and Good World and Philanthropy Together and Feather and Evolve Giving Group, CCS Fundraising, Slingshot Group, Cosmic Gravity, Pledge, GiveButter, and Salesforce.org. Thank you. Holy smokes. The partners that have surrounded this work like have fueled this movement and has allowed us to grow as a team. And this is what is a big celebration for us is that our team is now a team of four and a half. We sent Julie off to New York this year to chase her dreams. And so we joke that Julie opened our New York city office, which is really makes us sound really (laughs) big time. Shout
2: out to my (laughs) two bedroom apartment.
0: (laughs) Yes. But, um, had Abby Fox join our team as chief of staff and she is like revolutionizing things and our the amazing Andy Murphy, who has just been a great friend and resource to our team as our virtual assistant that has helped us follow up on things faster and really just try to be more responsive on all the things. So really an amazing year of growth and the team and us just feel really so grateful for the people that have surrounded this work.
1: Yeah. And thank you to all of you who've poured in. And I just want to say, if you have heard any of those tech companies' names and you're thinking about buying tech next year for your nonprofit, let us know. We'll send a referral into you. We want to make sure that you get the VIP experience through that. And P.S., that referral income goes back to power the content that is in this community. So when you let us know um, what tech you're buying, it really does feed more of our ability to get more free into this community. So can I move into like just tone setting real quick about this Please season, do. because there's two things that were really lifted out that that we would say are really the hallmarks of what we learned this year. And they're really simple. It's one, finding hope. And two, we want you to look over the horizon. And I want to talk about both of these because we had Jonathan Greenblatt on, who is the president and CEO of the Anti-Defamation League. And he kicked off this season and it was one of those, can we, can we share a behind the scenes visual of what <laughs> happens to us when we have an incredible interview on the podcast, we try to keep it cool. We have a conversation, the guest leaves, and then I call it the, like the head collapse effect where all three of us like either <laughs> lay <over>. out <laughs> on our desk or fall back in our chair because we're so blown away by what we just heard and experienced. And I felt that very much with Jonathan and he gave this incredible quote. It was an episode 294 He says, even as we push back on hate, which we must do, we've got to pull together and find hope. That is the only way that we can come through this. And I love that as sort of a beacon for us, that it's hard out there, but we must always endure because we need to find that hope. And then we had Anne-Marie Dougherty on, who's the CEO of the Bob Woodruff Foundation. And it's just a foundation that's constantly preparing for the future. They're innovating, collaborating, and doing what we call the try stuff. And her one good thing was look over the horizon. And that was something that was put out to her organization by a three-star general, that you cannot just plan for this moment. We need to be thinking ahead. And it's not only going to give us a better sense of control, but it's going to give us some wiggle room for how we're going to innovate and how we can plan to innovate.
0: Yeah. I mean, those conversations I remember felt like gut punches and I love uh, the gut punches we had this season. And I think we, we started off the year with some trends of like what we were seeing in conversations, but then we see trends like continue to lift as we start to have these threaded moments of people that don't even necessarily know each other, but sometimes they're in the same community and maybe don't even know each other, but they're saying the same things, they're experiencing the same things. And that's when we're like, man, we got to put a pin in that and really ponder and like think about how that could really impact more people. And so one of those for us was the idea of purpose-driven events and experiences and partnerships that purpose element is, is everything, you know, as we kind of are coming back into having real life experiences, it's like, people are changed. Like we're all different the way that we're showing up because of this lived experience collectively. And so those people that are really acknowledging and the people that are with you are really incredible. Like they're connected to you on a value standpoint. And so to really lean into that, And I think of Sarah Adolphson out in LA, she's running the Artemis agency, which really, Powers a lot of celebrity philanthropy and big philanthropy in the Los Angeles area. But you know what she told us? Like, we, I remember coming to this and we're thinking we're going to hear the dish on like, what's it like to work with like Lady Gaga and her foundation and all that. And we did get to hear about some of those things. But she's also like, look into your own network and see who the heroes are that you're working with every day and find ways to make them celebrities. And I love that she acknowledges that. That's where this purpose work is. Who are the people that really show up and have a deep passion for what you're doing? Like pour in your love and pour in the, the experience for that group of people. That was episode 316. And then across the town in LA, they didn't know each other, but they're kind of both doing really powerful work. Atham Onima of Gene Co. Foundation. He you know works again with a ton of celebrities in Los Angeles that have supported his mission. But his quote, this is episode 347. He said, whoever I work with, whoever we meet, whether it be someone who gives us $10 or a million dollars or someone who can go on a medical mission or help us with scholarships, they're my partner and they're my family and I treat them as such. And so I think there's just this like return to values and purpose. And those organizations that are doing that have the rabid fans that we talk about so much. And Matthew Helmer, I think he may have been the first guy to have first a two Pete in one season. Matthew Helmer he came with the on wearing group. a
1: unicorn suit, which was I mean, amazing on Halloween. <laughs> we love I mean, you, is Matthew? that our people or what?
0: So he came on episode 349 and he said, an event itself is not the end goal. It's critical touch point on the journey. If we have events that don't connect to the overall strategy and goals, stop doing them immediately. And I think it's all this return to purpose and those organizations that are threading that stand apart. And are the ones that we want to pour into and spend our time doing because we just have the value of time front and center nowadays.
1: I'm just smiling to myself, remembering all these good humans that have come into our midst. And I want to just transition into this other trend that we've seen lifted, which is really about embracing technology and digital transformation. Let me just tell you, friends. This is going to be your working smarter, not harder tactic. We know that technology has an ability to humanize. It makes our work more scalable. And I think that one of the people who really um, crystallized this for all of us is Staren Bird. And she's with a senior director of nonprofit industry over at Salesforce. And she was episode 309. And something she said that really resonated with us is, look, technology doesn't raise more money. People give to people. The technology enables the nonprofit to be more nimble and to have better actionable insights to do their work more efficiently. And this, we got to flex this stuff, folks, because we have it. And we're the first to say, hey, data is hard. Understanding data, understanding how to move within your tech, but spending some time getting trained up on that is going to help you see your believers so much more clearly and be able to build to that authentic relationship. I think some. Somebody else that was just such an advocate for this was Najid Kassam, Um, episode number 297. He's with the fundraising kit, and he just feels like he's one of those technology strategists who are in our corner. He says, we're asking for more and more from our fundraisers without raising their salaries and without raising their budgets so they can hire more people. The answer to that problem is technology, not anger. And I just felt really seen in that because he understands that we can do more with technology without having to onboard a lot of people. And we're not going to put these very, very monotonous rote manual tasks onto our people when we can automate them, which is going to free us up to go do more human things.
2: And the next one, our last season, we talked a lot about trust-based philanthropy and highlighting Mackenzie Scott and just all of these unrestricted gifts and what runway that gives people. But a theme that I heard over this season with so many amazing leaders that we talked to was trust-based leadership. And we specifically had two amazing board chairs on, Mona Sinha and Tara Abrahams. And I was waiting for kind of this like secret formula that they were going to provide. This is a little bit of me being naive of how to be a great board chair. They're like top 10 leadership nuggets, all of those things. And they both came in and all they spoke about was listening, partnership, respect, communication, and trust. And they said the basis of all of those collaborations between the executive director and the board chair is mutual respect. And so I feel like that just like pushed everything out of my brain of expecting the checklist and everything you need to do to be a successful board chair. And I feel like throughout a lot of the episodes this season, we saw trust-based leadership coming in as paramount moving into the future. Can
1: I tell you just an observation I had about just interviewing Mona and Tara just so closely back to back? They dispelled the power dynamics that I feel like I always saw in nonprofit with board. I I couldn't believe how generous and gracious they were to listen to their ED, to just ask how can I help? It was just a completely different mindset, I think, than what I'm used to seeing And I think that needs to be our future. When we're talking about volunteers and board members and people who are leaned in at a high level, the equity in those partnerships has got to be equal. And if there's an imbalance where your board member has way more power, you don't feel like you can talk to them about different things. I just think this is the future for us. Equitable partnerships with volunteers, and if they are based in trust the equity is so easy to give, and the conversation is so wonderfully open and wide, and we're collectively moving in the same space. I'm here for it.
2: And we're. that's just two conversations with board chairs. I think we heard that with leaders, too, talking about their teams, and especially with remote work, especially with the conversation with innovation. So many of these leaders use the exact word trust with their teams on how you become an innovative nonprofit is to trust your team to try things. That's what we talk about all the time. So I would just encourage everyone moving into the new year, whether you're a leader or, um, a board chair, whatever your position is, lean into that trust-based leadership and Mona and Tara's episodes are a great place to start.
0: Agreed. I mean, those conversations still feel so close even after it's been a few months since we recorded them. So, okay. Do you all remember when Dr. B came in the house?
1: I was ill-prepared for how (laughs) amazing she would be.
0: Talk about evolved leadership, you know, but Dr. Bertrude Albert, um, really one of the most formative conversations to me of the entire podcast since we started, she started P4H Global and they do a lot of work in Haiti training up teachers in the community because what that unlocks. But her story, the trend that I want to lift that Dr. B brought to this house is we need to keep our compassion in check. And she came into the house and saying, There's danger in compassion because her story was coming up and showing up with the best of intentions to Haiti with like suitcases full of clothing and supplies was all the right intention and all the right delivery, all the wrong delivery of tactics. And just unpacking how do we come into this with curiosity? centering community, centering dignity in our work and how that changes, you know, and how we need to be open handed to what shapes our mission delivery takes to basically center the people at the, at the very center of our mission that are, we're trying to serve. So one of these quotes that makes you kind of shaking your boots a little bit and you're like, you know, questioning different aspects of life. She said in episode 304, when it becomes more about you and what you want and how you feel than the actual change, that's when there could be a savior complex. And, you know, she kind of dismantles a lot of that, but it's a conversation that I'd encourage you to go back to and sit with and just reflect on how your program is being delivered because she's so humble and so, um, just kind of lights away, generous with her. And then you got to go find her on TikTok, and you got to go find her on Instagram. And if you want to see how an evolved leader is showing up and dispelling myths on the daily, that's Dr. Bertrude Albert. So we're, we're super fans of her.
1: Okay. We got to talk a little bit about culture. and, And if you've spent any length of time in the, we are for good community, you know, that we don't have a pillar for DEI because it is baked into the foundation of everything that we do. And we don't think that DEI work, diversity, equity, and inclusion work. We don't think this is a trend. We want this baked in to our culture at every level. And the trend that we really saw lifted this year was don't just move the needle on this, change the culture. And I know that is a big ask, but we talk a lot on this podcast about 1% shifts. This is not something we want a 1% shift on. We want people buying into the idea that inclusion, diversity, equity, justice, all of those things need to be represented in our mission because we are fighting for those things on the front lines, not just with our beneficiaries, but with our staff. With our people, everyone deserves to feel that sense of belonging. And someone who I thought just really expressed this well and just set the tone because she was the one that said, get rid of the needle. We don't (laughs) need to look at the needle. We need to change this culture. It was Olenike Amensa. And she talked about debiasing the workplace and how do we create safe working environments. This was in episode 310. And one of her power quotes that just resonated with me is she said, you have to plan in advance ways to catch and mitigate bias in everything, not just in hiring. And she breaks that down in that episode in, I think, a beautiful way. Go back and check that out. And the other person I thought who expressed this so well was Otissa Eads. And she was episode 312. And she talked about how do we build equitable systems within our organizations to grow impact. She said, when it comes to DEIJ, you have to look internally first. It takes looking at ourselves to really do any impact in the workplace. That hit us right between the eyes. So before you start pushing out um, any sort of DEI or social justice language, we got to look inside. We got to look at our people. We got to look at our boards. We got to look at our organization and say, the work needs to start here because once it is baked in to the DNA of the organization, that's gonna be such a natural output in your content, in your engagement, and in your fundraising strategies.
2: And I'm gonna round us out with the last one and probably my favorite one is the rise of collective giving um, or giving circles. So we were so excited to interview Sada Lomalin in episode 307. And she talked about the history of giving circles and it was right before her um, big TED talk came out. So I felt like we got kind of like a behind the scenes look at what philanthropy together is working on. And I just love this rise of collective giving and giving circles because I feel like it's formalizing what I saw growing up or just the philanthropy that I was familiar with. Because everyone my age, we grew up with GoFundMe. We grew up with donating our birthdays for causes. So I've given to my friends' causes since I was in high school And so it's really refreshing to see that this is kind of taking center stage um, because it's just eliminating these power dynamics and the formality of galas and all these big events that a 26-year-old like me may not have $200 to spend to go to a gala. But if I had a giving circle in my community, that's exactly the type of giving people my age, not trying to generalize, but people my age would probably be interested in because it centers community, it centers giving through collective values. And so it was just... Really amazing to hear what Philanthropy Together is working on. Um, So go back and check out episode 307 um, if you're interested in starting one. Taking
1: a quick pause from today's episode to thank our sponsor, who also happens to be one of our favorite companies, Virtuous. You know we believe everyone matters, and we've witnessed the greatest philanthropic movements happen when you both see and activate donors at every level. And Virtuous is the platform to help you do just that. It's so much more than a nonprofit CRM. Virtuous helps charities reimagine generosity through responsive fundraising, volunteer management, and online giving. And we love it because this approach builds trust and loyalty through personalized engagement. Sounds like Virtuous might be a fit for your organization. Learn more today at virtuous.org or follow the link in our show notes.
0: Hey friends, have you ever thought about starting a giving circle? You know, where you team up with others in your community to pull your dollars and time for causes that you care about. Well, our friends at philanthropy together are leading a movement to diversify and democratize philanthropy and we are here for it they start new giving circles and help existing giving circles thrive
1: we're excited to share about their launchpad for you program this free training helps community leaders launch a giving circle it only takes 90 minutes to jumpstart your idea and philanthropy together provides coaching as needed until your launch
0: We believe that everyone can be a philanthropist. Together, let's create a world filled with passionate, empowered people, giving collectively and intentionally.
1: The first training of the new year is Wednesday, January 18th, and you can sign up or learn more at philanthropytogether.org.
0: So, okay, we want to transition because those are some trends we saw, but we also want to just like leave you with some ideas. As we're looking at 2023, what are some really big things we want you to remember? And I'll start y'all is everyone is a philanthropist. And I'll say, we've been saying that for at least the last, I don't know, 15 years in our work, you know, but this year and some of these conversations just confirmed more than ever. And really what we see happening. And I want to lift Allison Moore. She's the CEO of Comic Relief one of the most incredible thinkers, too, that's really coming into this space with a media mind that's disrupting the sector in the best of ways. And she challenged us with this quote. She said, when you say democratize philanthropy, it sounds like a very fancy way to describe it, but it really means that you don't have to be a Rockefeller or a Bezos to give. Anybody can give and make a difference. And she also shared that 75% of millennials describe themselves as philanthropists. So newsflash, they already oh, think love that. that. You know, and I think the stats around Giving Tuesday supported that too. You know, the millennials that were aware that this was actually a thing, they participated in it, the majority of them. So there really is this awakening happening. And I think what we see with Gen Alpha is even more to that degree as well. And we can't talk about democratizing philanthropy without talking about our dear friend, Richie Kendall. You know, we don't even call him our kinship brother, he is our Kindleship brother. Totally our Kindleship brother. But he said this quote, and this, I love this piece. There are ways of being that are a balm for deeper structural problems in this world. And the balm for those are being a whole human being in your family, in your neighborhood, and in your broader community. So if you want a real challenging conversation that allows you to like zoom out and kind of consider the bigger things of life, go back to episode 345. And I promise that conversation with Richie will realign you and kind of challenge you to think bigger um, about what's at stake right now.
1: When I think about looking to 2023, I really want to talk about well being and I want to talk about mental health because the trend I want to lift is really leaning into vulnerability and balance within your teams. And we have heard you, friends. We constantly have an ear open, we have a channel open in our community, our DMs are always open. We are hearing your struggle with mental wellness right now, of self care. And I think somebody that really brought it home to me was Dr. Taryn Marie Stay School. She was episode 334 and a part of our mental health week. And she was really focusing in on the power of resilience. And something she said that resonated she said, The bigger the gap between the inside self and the outside self, the more energy we're going to burn. Because we're essentially running two versions of ourselves. We're running two separate operating systems simultaneously. Are you feeling that, friends? Because I can tell you I'm feeling that right now. And it becomes such a hard thing to manage when you're trying to manage these two. So we're saying let's do some work. Let's lean in and talk about how we're feeling. Let's ask for help. Let's check on on our people. If they're not okay, we need to find ways to show up that are supportive. We can all be a light to someone else. And I think Matthew Helmer, we've talked about the DRG's unicorn, Matthew Helmer, whom we love so much. He gave this really great mic drop moment on his episode 349. He said, the antidote to exhaustion is not necessarily rest. The answer to exhaustion is wholeheartedness. The things we do half-heartedly wears us out. So my challenge to you in 2023 is what fills your cup? What brings you to a sense of wholeness and wellness? Make space on your calendar. And when I say calendar in air quotes, like that could be your weekend, that could be your evening, to pour into those things and fill your heart back up because self-care is a human right. And it is the most important thing that we can do to make sure that we're showing up for our missions.
2: I shared that Matthew quote with my roommate and we talk about it all the time ever since. So I love that one. And the next one, the next item that we want y'all to remember, it ties in with this because it has to do with vulnerability and authenticity is to share your story constantly and authentically. We could probably go back and tally up how many times throughout the last season we heard the word authentic and it would be off the charts. Obviously, we love talking about marketing, storytelling, digital strategy. And we had a ton of solid episodes that built the case around why it's crucial to lift your head up from the busy work and share not only your mission story, but your personal story that connects to it. Because we can just see that that is a magnet that's drawing people to organizations. Um, and so, Rafi Norberg with Nexus Marketing joined us finally in episode 301. And he built the business case for why you should be leaning into marketing, which I really loved because sometimes we live in the theoretical land and he gave us the business case for why why you should be leaning into SEO. So definitely go back and check out that episode. And Ty Spells, who we met in Denver with Stand Together Foundation, we got to meet her in person. Um, She talked about storytelling and She shared individuals can't join in or work towards or connect with you in community or your work if they can't see the vision. So if you're not constantly sharing that vision, sharing these stories, you can't just expect these donors and these volunteers to show up at your doorstep. And then finally, Julia Campbell in episode 358 on our habit series, she shared that it's so important to bake storytelling into the daily culture of your organization and build that habit. Um, so her and Becky and John, y'all were. That was one of the like <laughs> we could have so fun. We could have gone for three hours, I think, on that episode. But y'all talked a lot about bringing stories into every conversation, whether it's a team huddle, a donor meeting, a board meeting, um, and something that actually just happened a couple days ago that I started to notice. Um, a lot of the thought leaders or directors of organizations that I follow, and some I'm actual donors to, have been sharing a little bit behind the scenes of maybe struggles of their organization, of how they maybe had wished that they had reached a certain dollar amount by now 10 years in, or when they when people ask about their impact, they say, I thought we would have been doing a lot more by now. And I found that I I trust them even more by the way that they're sharing, that they haven't met their expectations. Exactly. And so as a donor, I think I always thought, at least when I was in a fundraising shop, that everything needed to be buttoned up so that your donors thought everything was great. But some organizations that I'm a donor to, I'm more attracted to them sharing and like allowing me to be a part of that journey with them as a donor. So don't be scared to even talk about the messy stuff in your organization because just from the perspective of a donor, I feel like it's made me trust them even more.
0: I agree. And it like, it emboldens people to be deeper fans for you. And this yeah. happened to me today with Tammy Tibbetts. She posted something really, that's, that's the on one I'm thinking of. You thinking about oh my that? gosh. I, I, love was read Tammy that and I was like, Oh my gosh. I just want to support them with everything.
2: Like I want to be a part of that moment when they celebrate yeah. what they're searching for. So oh, I, that's okay. exactly okay. what I was We're thinking so, of John.
0: Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay. This leads to the fourth one to round out what are things to take with you. And if we were to rename our company, I kind of feel like this is what we would rename our company because (laughs) I just believe it in my bones, but community is everything. We are not getting tired of saying that because we believe it more and more every single day, but it's not just us saying that. I mean, people that we deeply respect and look up to are saying this and they're finding research that backs it up. And so I think of Nathan Chappelle who came on with the launch of their new book the generosity crisis. And they really looked at retention as it relates to community connection. And it's like nearly doubled. I mean, retention is at 70% for people that feel a connection to that organization. You know, what's industry standards is around 40%. So just the thought of the more we can build this radical connection, the way we can lean in authentically. When you start stacking this together, you get surrounded by people that don't will not let you fail as a mission. And then Richie Kendall, he's got to bring it home with this quote of, you can grow your brand, not by extracting value out of your community, but instead by providing value to your community. And I hope you feel that in this place. That's what really drives us to wake up and pour into this and have these conversations. But when you deliver value, it really does create this reciprocity and this just incredible aura that surrounds community that feels poured into, that they want to pour back in, in all the different ways. All their channels that they will unlock. And so I have to emote because we get the chance to hug a lot of necks this year, <laughs> meet people <laughs> on best. Zoom, you know, walk up and be like, oh my gosh, you're so much taller than I thought you would be on Zoom, you know, <laughs> I all never those got kind that. of fun moments. But can I just <laughs> say, of all the times that we get to meet somebody that we'd only met virtually and we haven't known for more than a couple of years at most at this point with this journey, I never felt surprised. Like I always felt mm-hmm. like, wow. This person's exactly how I thought they would be because the community surrounding this movement is so deeply authentic and there is power in building digital community. Like I really believe in the power of it. And I think it can be revolutionary if you haven't poured into that at your mission, like what that can do and the relationships and the personal development that it creates is just through the roof. So community is everything. We're going to keep saying it. I guess we should stick for We Are For Good as our name, but I still love that.
1: (laughs) As a marketer, I like them both. But I want to just share something personal that I saw happen last week. We were in New York City. We were at this great event with Salesforce. We gathered probably, I don't know, 10, maybe a dozen of our friends came from all the boroughs of New York to have dinner and drinks with us. I mean, we had people coming from Sussex, <laughs> New Jersey, but the coolest thing wasn't just the hugging of necks and the meeting in real life. It was sitting back in the chair and watching them understand and get to know each other, mm-hmm. to get on their phones and exchange LinkedIn Information to talk about their dreams and the things that they were working on and hearing somebody say, oh, I know somebody that does that. You should talk to so-and-so. In the spirit of generosity, and that's what I want to say about community is everything, is you're building a community, however that looks to you and your mission. We have sort of an internal value hole that we are for good, that if we can be generous, we are going to rise to that challenge. If we can give a little bit more, we're going to do that. Yes, we're balancing that with our mental health right now as well, (laughs) because we know there's a lot of need But I just think if you can walk into life, not just in your business and your work, but the way you show up generously – that is going to come back to you in so many ways. And it will leave ripples that you cannot even imagine in your wake. So that would be the thing that I say would center everybody as you move into 2023 and you're really all about embracing community. So we've talked a lot. We've given a lot of episodes here, (laughs) but you know, we got to finish it up with a one good thing. So I'm going to put John on the spot and (laughs) I'm going to make you go first, John. What's your one good thing as we kind of wrap up? season six?
0: Well, I think I'm going to do what I always get guests in trouble for when you kind of have like a twofer, but I feel like they connect, but like, there is so much power in belief, you know, and there's a lot of days I remember starting We Are For Good that we sat around right here in this office and looked at each other. And we talk about our impact uprising as our vision. And we're like, you know what? As crazy as it seems, I believe it. And I look back now and I'm like, that belief is truly what has driven us to do this. Because when you believe in something, you show up differently. You show up at a different level for it. Like you're all in. And this Will Rogers quote I ran across this season and I saved it in my um, Google Doc. If you don't have a Google Doc of your favorite quotes, like start this today. This changed my life. So there's a threefer. <laughs> but here's his quote. Know what you're doing, love what you're doing, and believe in what you're doing. And I feel like if you if those things are in alignment and really showing up with belief that it's possible, like you'll never even grasp like what could be unlocked. And I feel like that's true playing out in front of us right now.
1: Wow. Mic drop with that, John. Excellent. (laughs) Julie, what about you?
2: So my saying, I moved to New York city in June from growing up in Dallas and spending a lot of time in Oklahoma with these two and at school. And my like saying to myself, the last five ish months has been look up um, one, because I'm five three and I miss all of the like <laughs> beautiful tops of the buildings here because I'm trying to shuffle my way through a chaotic city. Um but generally in life, I am shoving my way through chaoticness. And so it's kind of it started off just as look up to take in my surroundings of a new city, but it more so has been look up to embrace where you are in life. And I think nonprofits especially like write this on a sticky note because you're probably in the hustle of year end. And if you just look up and celebrate the last 12 months, you probably will have a lot to be really proud of and um, really excited about moving into the new year. So don't forget to pause and look up, whether you are short or tall, because um, it'll really center you and be really humbling. So mine is look up.
1: We need to impart some of that wisdom into we are for good. We need to put on the brakes every once in a while and look up. You know, I want to round this out with just a huge dose of compassion and love for everyone. You guys all know I'm like deep empath and I honestly need to love on people in my life to fill myself being filled up. But the thing I want to leave you with, with my one good thing is that self-care is a human right. And this means that it is just making a practice of self-caring your life. This is what I want you to do in 2023. I want this to be a practice centered around you as an individual. I want it to include the way you work, your nutrition, your lifestyle, your hygiene, the way that you process through your work. It's a practice of encouraging you to listen to your body and listen and recognize what your own needs are and asking for help when it just becomes too much And I just think that engaging in a self-care routine has just been proven to reduce and eliminate anxiety and depression. It improves concentration. It minimizes your frustration. And at the end of the day, it gives you more happiness, joy, energy. And we want that poured into you because we know the more joy-filled that you feel You're going to be able to pour that back into your mission, into the people that you love. And I hope you're pouring that into yourself. So please make 2023 a time that you create rest. Holy
0: cow. I don't know what we say after that, but that's not just a one good thing. It's like a call to action, you know, that all of us need to prioritize and lean into. So we do have a few calls to actions in addition to this, because you know us, we teach this. right? We teach to always have a CTA. We probably hear this more than just about anything else, but we know we create a lot of content. And so if you feel stuck of like where to start, we have rounded up the top 15 episodes in terms of what you're saying by your downloads this season. And we've created a playlist and that is going to be linked in today's episode description or at the We Are For Good website.
1: And the second thing we want to say is we're a listening community and we're an activating community. So when you get stuck, reach out to us. Let us know what content would help you. Let us know what trainings and frameworks you need. You can get, reach us at hello at weareforgood.com or just, you know, DM us. We're so accessible. We want you to get unstuck.
2: And the last one is if you in the new year are looking for community the invitation is always open to come join We Are For Good If you're looking for people to collaborate with, um, meet friends in your city and across the globe, um, we'll be hanging out in there and we'd love to see you in the community. Y'all, okay. it's been
1: a year, it's a wrap. it has been a season. Like, let us just end with gratitude and a heart just full of love for you all because you have blown our minds and what this community could be. We have seen it pick up steam in the last four months like you cannot even imagine, not just in downloads, but community engagement. If we can keep showing up generously for each other, I just think there is just no limit to what this community can do.
0: I feel so much gratitude for you being here. So don't be a stranger. Come find us. We are for good community.
1: Happy New Year. Have a great holiday, everyone.